friends. Welcome to Mavs Party celebrating probably my favorite come from behind victory since 2011. Is that extreme? Who cares? We're in the moment. We're here to have a great time. The Dallas Mavericks just beat the Golden State Warriors 107-101, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat because they were down by 21 points at one point. They turned the ball over 18 times. Luka had two assists and nine turnovers, and it didn't matter because Spencer Dinwiddie came to play because the Mavericks went super-duper small, and Josh Green in the bench, and Davis Bertans and his crazy shooting. Like, the Mavericks just, it was an awesome win. I want to hear from all you guys. So remember, when I invite you up on stage here, it's going to insta-mute you, and then you are going to want to unmute yourself. And to make sure that you're being heard by the crowd, make sure there's a, a thick green uh, circle around your icon whenever you're talking, um, like me because that way people can hear you. Coming up first, I want to hear, oh, hey, well, you know, Matt, Mavs Moneyball contributor. Uh, what are you doing, buddy? How's it going? Uh, it is going fantastic. What a night. Uh, it started off poorly, but it could not have finished better. Yeah, I, I, uh, Josh and I had to restart the podcast three times because I was just, like, stuttering. I mean, I'm never at a loss for words. And I was like, welcome to what the fuck is the name of our show? <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's utterly insane how that happened. Uh, I I've been clamoring for this for a while. I'm all the way here for the Luca at power forward and Dorian at center or whichever way you want to call it. Just them. As sure. The, I am all the way here for those minutes. Um, that it. This is gonna sound weird, but have the Mavericks gone from a team that had a that didn't have any ball handling to a team with a surplus of ball handling now? Well, if they play the right lineups, I certainly think that's the case where we're no longer terrified if certain people are dribbling. I mean, you know, so there was a point at the game where someone sent me a tweet that said, you know, it's time to break out the Stanley office gifts with some of the the dribbling or rather non-dribbling that was going on. But overall, I mean, when when the Mavericks were in that fourth quarter kind of free throw shooting situation, I was as confident as I felt in a long time that no matter who got the ball, everything was going to be okay because, like, the fourth, the fourth worst person in terms of dribbling on the floor is, like, Reggie Bullock. And, you know, I don't know how, how much they can get away with playing, like, that hyper small ball, but I also don't care because they needed the win tonight. Like, they just needed it. It was great. Yeah, no, I loved it. Uh, also, since I see he's here in the chat, I will go ahead and give the full apology to Xavier because uh, I was one of the ones that was super adamant that that Dinwiddie couldn't play with Luca. And uh, good while so generally far. I'm not a fan, of, yeah, well, I'm generally not a fan of people taking victory laps after a game or two. Pretty uh, good one though. That is pretty good time. Like yeah. I, I don't. Well, I think we can forgive it this once because that was a pretty like he's something like 18 of 26 these past two games from the floor. Yeah, absolutely. And the the other thing with that, there was a play that really stood out to me where I believe then when he drove and then he kicked it to Bertans, who, by the way, is much faster than I thought he was. And then uh, Bertans drove and then he gave it to Dorian, who then drove and ended up with the layup. And that is the type of multiple drive and kick with none of them being Luca that we have just not seen. We've seen other people do it where they just keep attacking. But that has not been a Mavericks thing for a while. And I'm actually, I'm going to do a post about it for uh, MMB tomorrow, but that like that kind of play to me is what should make you excited as a Mavs fan is when you have, like you said for a long time and we've, we've all agreed with you that Dorian is overtaxed as the third guy. But when you, when you put him as the fifth best ball handler on the team, 
then he's perfectly fine. And so that really helps when you when you give him so much more ball handling when it's when it's Brunson, when it's Dinwiddie, when it's Luca, and even Bullock a little bit. Like if Dorian's your worst ball handler, your team has a lot of ball handling. Mm. I, I, I like that. That's a good line. I mean, I want I'm like you where I'm sort of a sicko where I would like and I think we're going to get to see it Tuesday night because the Lakers don't have any size unless they're just going to play Dwight Howard. And I mean, I guess they could. I mean, I'm watching this garbage can Lakers team right now getting beat by the Pelicans and they're running out like the Dwight. Like it's the 2008 all stars like this is this is preposterous. What is happening in this game? Anyhow, it, it, like we could see a super small lineup on Tuesday night, too. I hope we do. I want to see yeah. more of it because. I wanted to see it against the Jazz. You're not matching up with Rudy Gobert anyways. Attempt to run him off the of- Yeah, and also, I mean, obviously tonight, Powell and Cleaver were just terrible. Like, they <laughs> had two points in 36 minutes between well, them. Can- like, I don't care. I don't care how much of an apologist you are for them, how big a fan you are. Like, Maxi Cleaver is the guy who I play most like of anybody So in pickup games. So I, I like Maxi a lot. But two points in 36 minutes from your center is uh- but he needs a um, like. Did he? I, I have the I have working theories. There's a particular person on Mavs social media who I DM with all the time. He'll know who he is if he's listening to this. But we like to to guess about whether Maxi has a girlfriend or not based on his play. <laughs> and I don't think he has one right now. Um, I will say like, can can we? Can we get more? Can we get weirder with the lineups? I think is my. Can we, can we get Josh Green at the five? Oh yeah, like, no, we're that's def- an agent of chaos. Like that's some weird shit. I would love to see that. Yeah, we we are gonna. I do think we're gonna get some of that. I think. I mean, just in general, like it was a lot of fun. Like that is the thing I can most say about this game mm. is that we talked about. And you know, y'all talked about the uh, the Porzingis trade. And before that, how we had just been the same for three years and everything. If there's one takeaway from this, it's that the team is different, like materially different yeah. for the first time in three years. And whether or not they're better, which I think clearly right now they are, but whether or not you think they're better, that is at least fun as a fan. And I know there are going to be a lot of people that have a lot of stuff to say, and I can be really long-winded, so I'm, I'm going to like, cut myself off there. But that was just a hell of a lot of fun. Be good. Thanks for this, Matt. Talk soon. Um, Kyle Kuzma on Twitter. Wow, that boy spends hooping. <laughs> hmm. Can't wait for uh, Kuzma-Porzingis interactions. Um, yeah, just fun. Sam, what's happening? What's up? How you doing, Kurt? I am delightful. I was uh, I kind of steeled myself. It was midway through the third. I jokingly tweeted out that uh, that gift from um, Independence Day where the president's like, "We will not go quietly without a fight." I was just fucking around. Like I'm never positive during a game. I'm a grumpy shit. And then the Mavericks came back. So. I either use my one for the next 10 years or I don't know. This is a great, this is a great, you know, good. It's a good. Hey, I mean, I tweeted literally in the first quarter, this Mavs team ain't it. This is trash. And then I had to quote tweet myself and say, who the hell is this guy talking this dumb shit? So I said this, I did the same thing. Well, no, really what, what we've proved tonight is that bullying works. So. Yes. I mean, in the right circumstances does work, but um, yeah, it was crazy comeback. Like Davis Bertans, I, his new name for me, you know how Charles Barkley calls Anthony Davis street clothes. <laughs> like, his new name is just irrational confidence. Because man, that do, that dude gets the ball. I don't know what the hell he's gonna do. But he's gonna do something. Did I? Did, ta- do you know you were listening the other night? Did I make the comparison that Bertans is your ugly friend who does not know and just hits on the hottest chick at the bar because he thinks he can? I did. 
<laughs> like his confidence is breathtaking. Just the con- like the unearned confidence of a white guy. It's amazing. I mean, and, but the thing is with that, like if Maxi had that confidence, I think he'd be a, lot, a, a much better player. I think there's something to that. Yes. Because I mean, like, there's stretches where he's not a scrub. Like he, we've seen him. You know, he could play defense. We've seen him make shots, hit threes, but he just doesn't have confidence. So that's why he's only playing 15 minutes and not playing the rest of the game. Like, like that, that's just my opinion. But otherwise, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, I see the three guard rotation a little bit more. Um, in certain certain circumstances, you know, want to take off. Obviously, it worked tonight. Now I'm gonna be a you know Debbie Downer guy. They didn't have Clay Thompson, so if Clay Thompson was out there. It might have been a little bit different, but you gotta take advantage of what we got, and we gotta win. And the good thing about this win is right now we're still in the five seed because Denver is blowing the hell out of Portland right now. And mm. I don't know. There there is a scenario where if Memphis stays hot, Golden State could fall to the three seed. Do not want. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. We got to stay – worst case, we got to stay at the five because I don't think – even though Utah won today, I don't know if they're going to get hot enough to catch Memphis. So, worst case, like I said, I would rather play them or Memphis than Golden State because if we play Golden State in the first round, it might be competitive, but I don't think we can – I don't think we got the dogs to do it. So, yeah, for sure. That's just my opinion. But, yeah, like I said, hey, let's get to Wednesday because – Oh, the Pelicans are killing the Lakers right now. So <laughs> let's just get to, uh, I guess, Tuesday, and then we'll go from there. That's right. Thanks, Sam. Talk soon. Have a good one. All right. Uh, while we're here, time to get off a hot take because there's lots of uh, there's lots of stuff going on in the chat about the Wizards, and maybe, just maybe, Bradley Beal is a losing player. Um, that's my spicy take for the evening. Uh, someone's going to have to tell me what's in that Mark Followell tweet because he has me blocked from something like, four years ago and you know I've, I've just not requested to be unblocked um all right coming up next and uh, i'm gonna start giving preference to folks i've not seen in here in a while if you guys don't mind dj how we doing welcome back to the show hit that un- hey what's up kurt i am enjoying myself how are you i'm doing pretty good um i actually didn't get to watch until like the very end of the game, right before we we came back and won, because I was working. But I decided to say fuck that and watch the rest of the game while I should have been working. Um, I was um I just watched the the highlights and um it, I guess I guess Dudley or Theo Pinson or um, someone who who he's played with before on the team just told him like. Go be you, bro. You're you're deferring too much to the team. Like I know he wants to play it safe and not, you know, look stupid out there, but he he was the reason why we we came back, in my opinion. I mean, he's the player of the like the last two games. This he was unbelievable to the point to where I'm having a hard time contextualizing just how important he was because you know Luca was on the bench for at least at least. 15 of those of that huge run like it, he was on the bench for most of it I want to yeah. say and it, it's then and, and at that point it's Dinwiddie led because you know and, and I don't want to kick anybody after they have a bad game but this was the second straight game against a team with length where Brunson was not great is what I'll say so they needed Spencer and it was it was just just like it, it, I'm having a hard time with it because I don't know what to say it was so awesome I agree and and I know like 
the Nuggets are like staring them in the face right now in the standings. And, you know, um, usually when the Mavericks have a loss, as monumental as the one they had against the Jazz, they make up for it with games like this. Like, I wasn't expecting them to come back from 21 down, but they usually make up for it. And, you know, they don't feel sorry for themselves. They go get the next they go get the next game. Well, it's interesting because with all the pregame stuff, I'm not sure if you follow any of like the the Dallas Morning News or any of the traveling media that goes like Callie Kaplan does a great job. And she was talking about what Luca was doing beforehand, sharing videos and kind of what was going on. And I honestly expected like a huge Luca game. And while Luca did finish with quite the stat line, 34 points and 11 rebounds, he also, as we all saw, was the primary contributor to the turnover machine where he had nine and I want to say at least seven of them came on him trying to make like passes that he normally gets through. And so to be carried by Spencer is just so valuable. I mean, he has 24 points, five assists, four rebounds and some real like 10 to 14 from the floor, just all over the place. It's great. And what really surprised me was the shot selection he's been taking the last few games. Like, it's literally straight to the rim or, you know, pull up three, you know, in transition or even in a half court setting. Like he is just he's doing what he came here to do. And it's 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 really good to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining. You got anything else? Uh, No, that was about it. Um, just happy to see a good win like this and the new guys playing well and Davis Bertans as well as Dinwiddie. And just um, hopefully they can keep it going and. Maybe, maybe, just maybe move up in the standings, but I don't see that happening, but we'll see. Yep. Well, thank you very much. Um, We'll talk soon. All right, so some folks in the chat are talking about, like, the turnovers and stuff. One thing that I wouldn't have guessed was the points off of turnovers. So the Mavericks had 18 points, and I want to say the Warriors only had 15 um, the Warriors only scored 15 points off those 18 turnovers, which is remarkably hard to do. Um, yeah, and the rest of the chat is also talking about how Luca's 23rd birthday party is going to be in Los Angeles. Um, so let's just say no one should be surprised if Luca looks a bit rusty on Tuesday night. So we will, uh, we'll see what, uh, what, what happens there. All right, coming up next is Mr. Dang. How are we doing this evening? Give Doe a second to come out of the chat. There we are. Sorry about that. That's okay. Oh, yeah. So happy to call. I didn't want to call last time. I was listening to the uh, the last uh, group therapy, but I was so mad I couldn't call in. I was almost speechless at, toward the end. But I'm glad that he tried something different in the lineups. When he went to small ball, it took away, number one, our biggest weakness is to have a center in there. It would have been great if we put in, like, Bertrands or Dinwiddie against Utah. That way we could draw him out a little bit more and open up the lane or, you know, have another spot-up shooter for three. And I, gl- I love it that we didn't have Maxi in there because he's he's lately showing a general lack of confidence in the yeah. very end to shoot. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other Mavs thing that I'm mad about, I'm not mad about us acquiring Dinwiddie, but we could have had him for nothing. Just imagine if we had him at the beginning of the season. Well, but see, if we had signed him, then we wouldn't have signed Tim Hardaway Jr. And now I'm I'm finding myself bizarrely optimistic about what a Tim return means because it slots him further down the rotation 
instead of necessarily being a starter or a six man, he can kind of be like a seven or eight guy. And if all Tim has to do is come in and shoot and not need to play make or do any stuff like that, I think that really frees him up. And then they could maybe increase his value and try to get something for him in the coming, you know. And that... I definitely agree. I mean, we're trying to get him to do too much in a role that, you know, he's more acclimated to, like you're saying, to shoot. And we don't expose him also to the other team's best offensive player, yeah. you know, or better offensive player that he has to guard. But very happy we have another ball handler. And it was great that we were able to take away our weakness, which is center, and put in another playmaker in there. You know, Dinwiddie is playing with a lot of confidence. You know, mm-hmm. I can't wait until he's healthy. You know, like he was, you know, prior to all these injuries. Even if he gains just a little bit more speed, he has such great length and size. He makes up for that. With his, with his the size. length is a fun thing, and I talk about it. I don't know if I talk about it in these or if I talk about it in Mavs Moneyball, like Slack. I talk about like so much basketball stuff. I can't remember what I say where, but it's so. It's so different having a a plus wingspan guy, like the, you know Dwight Dwight Powell six eleven with the six eleven wingspan. You know Moses Brown. Part of why he was just looked so damn long is I I want to say he had like he was seven two with a seven six wingspan. Like plus wingspans are really valuable, and he just looks like when he has the ball, it, the crossovers like the the handles lower, even though he's still so tall. Like I, I don't know, I, I really. I really get a kick out of watching him just because he's such a different player stylistically than what we've had for the past. Not, not just that. You notice he gets like two or three deflections. Mm. You know, not say the steals, but the deflections. You know, he, get, he gets the lane with his lane. Well, he's real, that's actually an interesting point I've not really thought about is he does seem to fit well in the scheme stuff Dallas is doing on defense to where I've been kind of curious following the, the Utah game. And I still think this is true to a certain effect. They're, when they're running sort of this um, – Called is it's like a matchup zone along the baseline. The Mavericks have a real like the like Jazz just sort of exposed them with ball rotation. But against the Warriors, the Warriors were not like they got just sort of caught in what felt like a very Maverick style trap where they stopped scoring the basketball. And it was like it was it's just so odd to watch. Some I'm I still don't know what to make of the Dallas defense other than the fact that I'm glad that it worked. Yeah, there was a few little hiccups when Dinwiddie you know didn't switch over. A couple times and he got confused who to pick on the on the weak side, but they still they're starting to come along. I mean, I I'd rather have this gamble that the, at least it's aggressive. I hated the Rick Carlisle defense. I almost wanted to kill myself so many times. I dropped coverages. I was screaming. I'm like just daring people to shoot. You know, open open jumpers, three pointers. That didn't make any sense. Yeah. But this room kind of reminds me of Don Nelson ball. Where sure. We go without the center. And I'm fine with that. That would be great, you know. Why not? Let's get weird. Guys. Oh, let's get weird. Let's throw in some Bertrands in there too, you know. He he played some center. I mean, they would have run they would have run away with that game earlier had Bertans hit a couple of those threes because he he took a corner one and one I want to say from the left wing and just missed them both when he was playing. Um, he was basically the five. It was hilarious. He was too wide open. That, that's his problem, and he's mm. on balance, you know. I like this. He needs a challenge. He needs a challenge, you know. He needs to throw something up there with, you know, a hand in his face, off balance, you know. But, uh, yeah, if Max is not willing to shoot it, you know, it just doesn't make sense for him to be there. I would only put him in there situationally to play defense, and then I'd get his ass out and call a timeout and and run the uh, offense without 
the center. That would only make sense. Sure. Well, thanks, buddy. Thanks for talking tonight. Oh, thank you. Whew, it's nice to come into the chat and talk about a victory. Oh, my God. I, almost I mean, I can't sleep after victories or defeats. So it's like I'd much rather just, you know, talk about this. I'm probably not going to sleep till like three. You know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's great stuff. Felt like a playoff game. The shit, you know? That's it's right. Like, holy cow. Thanks All right, man. We'll talk soon. Yep. Bye. All right. Coming up next. Big time, Jim. What's happening? What's up, Kirk? So I was going to come on here tonight and be very sad because obviously until the third quarter, like we all thought this was going to be a loss. Sure. It, right? I mean, it um, felt like that from the opening tip. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I have some hot takes to throw out. Um, but I want to ask you, does it feel like the the whole Spencer Dinwiddie insurance for Brunson argument's going to get stronger? I'm not sure because you know it doesn't help that Brunson's had a pair of really rough games following Spencer playing really well, and I'm just you know I, I'm not ready to have the Brunson conversation. I know lots of people want are curious about it. I don't see the Mavericks letting Brunson go for nothing. I also don't see Brunson going to a worse situation. I just don't. You know, could he go play in Detroit with Cade Cunningham? Sure. Does he want to go to Detroit and play with Cade Cunningham? I don't see why. I just, I don't see it. You know, it's just, if the money is the difference, I don't. If the Mavericks were to let him go, I just don't see it happening. So my hot take is that. I think Spencer is the first, and Luca called him a baller tonight. I think Spencer's the first baller type of player that Luca's played with in the NBA. So, like, Brunson can count. Like, obviously, he could get his own shot, get towards the rim. He could hit corner threes. You know, he could hit spot up shots. But he's not, he doesn't have the size that Dinwiddie has. But also, like, I wouldn't even consider KP like a baller. You know what I mean? Like KP couldn't consistently get his own shots. Yeah. And I I don't know, like seeing Spencer Dinwiddie like this, it's refreshing and it warms me up to the idea of, you know, Luca could play with smaller players like that could like create their own shots. Well, and that was kind of an end game criticism that I was seeing from people who are sort of unhappy with the way Luke was playing. I really think it's warranted where, there's sometimes where he needs to defer more while doing things off the ball more. That's right. a legitimate criticism. I don't think anybody would have beef with. And, but the difference is outside of Brunson, I do think he's the first real player that has sort of made that case that, okay, I don't need to have the ball so you can do some stuff. I mean, they were doing some really, I mean, part of why Bert, part of why he was so good is, is, is who was screening for him. And like, he just sort of had the worst player on him on repeat because I think they were expecting Luca to have the ball or Brunson to have the ball more. And it was, it was just great. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously early sample size, small sample size. Um, I also want to say I was on here a few weeks ago. I just want to say my Bertans take was right. I said that he was going to turn back into this guy that's going to be able to start hitting shots again. I just wanted to put that out there. Sure. No, it's okay. Hey, you know, talk your shit whenever good things happen. <laughs> hey. <Trust me>. That's <laughs> my, my single favorite thing 
my boy Dalton Trigg over there at Dallas Mavericks, like whenever a good thing happens that he predicts, and let's let's keep in mind, man predicts so many things. Um, he lets me hear about it. It's great. So it's you know, it's half the fun of this. Is have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Know? It's sports. Like it's it's the argument of it's just a game. It really is just a game. When yeah. it, when you let it be. When you let yeah. it be. It's fun. It's fun. And you know what? This Maverick still has a lot like, you know, you, a loss like Utah makes it feel like there's a ceiling. And then a win like tonight makes you feel like that ceiling doesn't exist. Now. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. I could still get funky, but Hey, at least we're not the Lakers. Westbrook has six turnovers and zero, zero assists. So we have a lot of things going for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that jazz game. One more thing. Just that jazz game. I think. We would have won that if Luca wasn't so stagnant at the end offensively. Yeah. Well, you just got to move the ball like team wise. Like, yes, if yeah, you play Gobert team, put him in absolute. Right, if you play team ball, move the ball around the perimeter, play with pace. Like, good things are going to happen for the Mavs. Sure thing. Well, buddy, appreciate right, you coming up. Talk soon. Thank you, all Kirk. Right. All right, who else we got? Let's see if I've seen any other newer names in here. Mason, welcome. Good to see you. Hit that unmute button and tell us what you got. If he's in the chat, pull out of the main chat and hit the unmute button and we'll, uh, there we go. How's it going? Maybe not. Try again soon and I'll have you come back up here. Um, Greg, it's been a bit. What's going on? Kirk, how are you? Great. So I came here and I've got several topics compared to usual. Thought it was interesting. Mavericks great Kelly Olnick made a game winner tonight. Oh wait, wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, did you watch the ESPN or the local broadcast? I I I did not. I I came inside, and I I tend to watch games on low volume. I didn't realize I had it on ESPN until till half. Okay, so this is what I wanted to bring up about the ESPN broadcast, which I thought. Custer and Vince Carter did a good job. They said, um, Vince said at the start of the fourth quarter, um, after the Utah game, and he didn't reveal the player, he said one of the Mavericks players apologized that his effort wasn't there against the Utah game and that they'd make up for it. Do you have any idea who that would be? Would it be Luca? Or? I thought he said the name. I, I, maybe I didn't hear it, but I didn't. Jeremy, Jeremy says what I thought it was. He said it was Dorian Finney Smith. Oh, okay. I guess I missed that. No, that's fine. That's a great thing to bring up because that was. Yeah, and then the other stat that blew my mind, six, the Warriors had won 62 straight games where they had a lead of 20 or more. That is many games. See, we Mavericks fans have suffered defeats uh, after leading by 20 points, so we are familiar with this pain. <laughs> yes, I was just going to say, I t- I'm used to the pain. I can't imagine after 62 straight. So. And the last thing I want to bring up, except for that last free throw, it was nice to see Luca look good at the line. I mean, he's up to like 75% now, which is respectable. One step at a time. It's nice to see it go. Yes. Well, those were my topics, Kirk, and I a great win, and hopefully we can get the Lakers on Tuesday. Outstanding. Talk soon, Greg. Yes, thank you. Bye. All right. Coming up next is Jacob. Welcome, Jacob. What's going on today? Hey, Kirk, how you doing? I am feeling fine. What do you got for us tonight? Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to 
give like a funny story real quick. So I usually mute the commercials and then I'll unmute it once the game comes back on. And uh, I forgot to unmute the game at the start of the fourth quarter. And when they started coming back, I, uh, I showed my superstition a little bit. I uh, kept it muted the whole entire fourth quarter. Mm. <laughs> once no, I saw they were good. coming back, I was like, I'm just letting it go. Let, let's be let's be clear, everyone. I want to hear your weird superstitions. This is great. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. I was just well, once I started. Josh Green started scoring, and then they went on the 16-0 run with Dinwiddie. I was like, yeah, just keeping them muted. Well, not, not so I was actually I made a comment about Josh Green's athleticism compared to Jonathan Kaminga, who is just like crazy. And then I spent like right. three minutes considering whether I was going to be arguing with some people because I pissed some people off at that because that that is what it is. But then Green had, like, two kind of, like, very, like, YMCA straight-to-the-rim layups. And I was like, you know, we're just going to let this one go because he looks – he's doing a thing. Josh Green is doing a thing and was a plus 12. He might have had – now that I think about it, he might have had the highest plus-minus on the team. Um, Where is it here? Ah, uh, he was close. Denwood, he was plus 17. But, yeah, it's, it's, I, I loved – that stretch was – was that was really where I, I had tuned out honestly. And then it's like, okay, he gets that technical and then I turn back in. Yeah. I think that's part of why I forgot to, uh, to unmute it. Cause I was also tuned out to the start that fourth quarter. And then I just paid attention more and more to the game as they were coming back. But, uh, someone brought it up with Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm, I'm curious to see how the rotation is going to look too. Once Hardaway comes back. Cause I, you know, I'm just, uh, Wondering, like, are they going to lower his minutes now that we have Dinwiddie and then Bertans? Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how, how the rotation looks once he the comes Tim back. Stuff, I sort of think we maybe want to bet that Tim might not come back because he has, um, what is it, the Jones fracture, which is what um, Roddy Bavois had way back in the day, which is what our man, uh, who's the Cowboys wide receiver? Yeah, Kevin Durant also had it. Like, I just think he's – they're probably going to say he'll try to come back just because there's no harm in saying he's going to, you know, we're dealing with the timetable, but I think we maybe expect or hope, hope for the best, expect the worst kind of deal. Right, oh yeah. Right. Zion yeah. also has this. That's right. Zion, yeah. That's a good one. Right. Yeah. I was, I was thinking what I was thinking was that it was going to be like around playoff time is when he comes back, but they, they might sit him for the rest of the year, that injury. Yep. But, um, yeah, it was also it was also nice too. I mean, Brunson's another ball handler, but even then, sometimes I start to panic because there's moments where he just dribbles too much. Mm. There, there's nice. It's nice to have someone like Dinwiddie now, where other than Luca, when they have the ball in their hands, I'm I'm relaxed with them running the offense. Because yeah, when when like someone like Dorian Finney-Smith or you know anybody Powell, I just I'm just like no, no. I was like, give it up, please. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, I get yeah. it. No, I get it. Yeah. But all right. Yeah. That's that's really all I had. Um yeah, I'm also curious too with um just how the rotation is gonna look too if if Dorian or uh, not Dorian uh Dinwiddie keeps up his play, if he's gonna eventually be starting or if there's gonna keep him on a bench as the spark. It might be kind of matchup dependent. I'm I'm really curious to that myself. Um you playing those sorts of things is really difficult because you don't want to hurt anybody's confidence. And I think with a guy like Brunson in particular, you want him feeling confident and he's had kind of two, I think Maxie sort of shadowed him. Um, but he's had two pretty poor performances in a row for him. And uh, you know, the a bounce back game is kind of, at least in my opinion. So that's, it's worth paying attention to 
Thanks, Jacob. Yeah. You got anything else? No, no, nothing else. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the Lakers game. You know, I'm confident coming in, but someone mentioned that Lucas having his birthday party in L.A. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm, my com- my confidence went a little bit down there because we have a hungover Luca coming in. <laughs> hungover Luca, we've not seen too. I don't think we've seen hungover Luca too many times this year. Like there was that Memphis game last year where. I made a joke on the podcast at the time where I was like, oh, yeah, he just had the meat sweats. And it's like he was so pink faced. He was the (laughs) it was really bad. (laughs) All right, Jacob, we'll talk soon. Thanks for hanging out. Hey, thank you, Kurt. All right. Coming back to see if my speaker requests are going to work. Here we go. Alexi. Welcome, Alexi. How are we doing? See if the the app is acting up on me a little bit tonight. I'm having a. Hard time getting my speaker request to work, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that, like, this game was maybe the first game since Luca got here where Luca has, like, struggled, and then he gets taken out, and then we start to, like, fall apart, and then I'm, like, I'm thinking just, like, well, we're already kind of fucked. Just put Luca in if he's struggling because what are, what are, what are we going to do without him? And in this game – all the like major runs we made were when uh, Dinwiddie was kind of like leading our bench guys or like the other starters outside of Luca. And when it was coming down to like seven, six, five minutes in the fourth quarter, I was almost kind of thinking to myself like, "Hey, Luca struggled. Like, don't put him in." Because we had. Sure, I, I agree. That's such a luxury that we just have never had before. Luxuries described. That's a great point. Yeah, it's so. like uh, even with like KP, KP would have like his one game out of every five where he just he scores 30 and he's making all of his threes. And then Brunson, you know, it's kind of inconsistent with him whether he's able to like lead that unit. So having someone that can like when Luca is not on the floor and we need a bucket, he can just like go get fouled or those those big threes he made at the end of the game tonight, that one in the I think it was the left corner, mm. stuff like that. It's like Luca's been our only player that can really do stuff like that for us. It's Great I mean, that's the that's the been kind of the saving grace of having Berton so far, or not Berton's, uh, Dinwiddie so far is it's nice not needing Jalen Brunson to have a great game to win. It's you know, it's it, it that way. It's like oh, we're not looking at it and going oh, if only so and so hadn't played like shit. It's nice. Yeah, it's it's really great. Like when you can go down and like Lucas having a bad game and you don't have to say. Well, I need Maxi to make the two wide open three pointers that he's going to get with no defender within eight feet of him. Because you know, if there's like less than five minutes left, he's almost certainly missing both of them. So it's just having a guy like Dinwiddie has been so great. And I've completely changed my mind uh, about that trade already. Oh, we're going to hate him some games, but that's okay. You know, I I, I, I enjoy having new guys to feel feel things about. Yeah, that's one of the main complaints that people have had. We've just been running back the same roster, you know, like over and over for I don't know how long now. And just having these two new guys that are actually getting minutes, it's really refreshing. And it's like my favorite part of watching this game, these games, just seeing how they're going to do. That's right. It's really weird. We're going to have March basketball games that we give a shit about. Sounds delightful. Yeah, great game tonight. I'm hoping that LeBron. Well, thanks for hanging out, Alexi. Uh, you know, like 40-point games that he usually likes to have against us. So we'll. Mmm, it's a good point. Well, thanks for hanging out tonight. All right, we will come back to Tyler. It's been a while. My- 
Oh, you know, I was prepared to be Mr. Doom and Gloom in here tonight, but wow, what a fourth quarter that was. Well, see, you read my mind in the game when I was talking about a missed shot when Luka was just serving dudes, and Luka took that, like, fading hook shot that had all the high school coaches in America screaming. So, I'm really glad they rebounded. Maxi had to have learned that shot from KP because that was like, it was like a, like, it was, Oh, that was so bad. Yeah, it's just like what I knew you were immediately going to come and say and tweet about it too. I was waiting for it. Post ups are just not anybody's forte on this team, except for Lucas sometimes. And it's like, why are we boasting a Maxi? It's a year of our Lord, twenty twenty two. It was so bad, but um, that fourth quarter was great. I mean, I'm still like that. The Dinwiddie trade is. I kind of have to eat my words on it today, but man, that was. That was, like, actually fun. It's been a while since I've felt things like that for somebody new, at least. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, then, I don't remember if I hated the trade. I think I was just kind of like, eh, well, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I normally have, like, one of, like, I, my takes are either really bad or really good. Like, they're never kind of, like, lukewarm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just glad that this is. Yeah, it definitely is. And then we're 30-something minutes, and we can go ahead and have this. I think Maxie needs to uh, have a uh, back soreness week and take some time and re uh, just rededicate himself. You know what I'm saying? Well, they're up there in San Francisco. Can we send him to, like, a yoga retreat? Can he clear his mind? Like, let's do, like, some Don Draper at the, at the, the, the series finale stuff where he's just really collecting. Yeah, I mean, maybe they can slip him a couple of feel-good uh, – you know, they got all the uh, edibles and stuff out there. Maybe he can just uh, drift away for a little bit. Man, I'd like to do that. Oh, oh you aren't kidding. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see if the L.A. nightlife is really undefeated on uh, Tuesday or not. Well, I mean, if you're – are you – like, I have this Lakers game on up above, and this is a disaster if they – like, they're down double digits to the Pelicans, and – Let's just say that I, I was sort of th- I was sort of concerned coming out of the All Star break that the Mavericks could go zero and four. So now the fact that they could, you know, the worst they can do is one and three. I'm feeling really like nice. So it's like I I say this now because I say this every time. If they lose the Lakers, I'm not going to be mad. But I hope they defeat the Lakers. It just feels like they have our number. So I'm uh I'm I'm hoping for a good game though. It should be fun at least. That's right. Well, thanks, Tyler. You got anything else? That is it. All right. Talk soon, buddy. All right, let's go to Christian because Christian probably. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, thanks for having me up, Kirk. There's uh, just a few things I wanted to say. So the first uh, I remember uh, when we talked right after the trade was, um, you know, I I at least am happy that we have flexibility and the ability to go small, especially in the playoffs. Uh, because we had to play KP because of the money and optics of the situation. And uh, after the stinker that Jason Kidd uh, put forth last game rotation-wise, I think, you know, he tried something else, kind of out of necessity, but um, and it ended up paying off in a really big way. And the other thing that I had mentioned was, um, I wanted to see more of the three-guard lineup, even though it was stinking up the place the first couple tries. 
Now, all of you are crazy masochists where we bitched about Rick Carlisle's three-guard lineup for a decade, and now everyone's like, you know what I'd like to see? The three-guard line. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think, too, there's a little bit of a difference just in the sense Luca's what, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, Dinwiddie's like 6'5", with nice Oh, sure, yeah, standing. we're not talking about like a cadre of six-foot-tall guards like when uh, <laughs> that, that was – okay, okay, this is – <laughs> yeah. But either which way, it's a fair point of, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of complaining when Rick did some of these things. But um, the, you know, the the heart that Spencer Dinwiddie played with uh, and Dorian, you know, usually always plays with. But uh, I think that really turned things around, the fact that they still battled in the way that they did. Um and if we're really looking at it, right, do we win tonight and the Heat game without Bertans and Dinwiddie? And so just right there, that's a two-game flip uh, in our record on that trade. So already it's paying off. Like, you know, who knows? Some absurd can happen and KP can actually stay healthy and you know, get that team to the 11th seed or something. And, you know, we talk about some stats in his post-ups or whatever. But um, I'm interested. I, I like how a lot brought up, you know, when Tim's back. I really want the kid out of Kentucky. I, I'm going to butcher his name, but like a Chai of Baji. Um, and just imagine Spencer with like Tim, Bertons, Maxi off the bench and another shooter with basically having Luca and a bunch of shooters as a starring unit could be fun next year. Um, but I, I haven't really heard it and I understand why Spencer was great, but Reggie Bullock has been so important to this team. He is such a key, key piece for us. 50% from three tonight, hit some really uh, nice shots and the defense that he played on Steph. Uh, Real good. Yeah, he he was fantastic. And I think, you know, you talk about this all the time. Dorian, I, I think he's a really good defender against the Jason Tatums and others, which, you know, stars are going to score. It, it's just kind of uh, lowering their efficiency and all that. He is not good against quick-footed guards. Reggie is, and that is the recipe for success. I know, you know, we have a – team defense and all of that, but it should always be moving forward. Reggie on the quick footed guard and smaller guards and Dorian on that, you know, wing or power forward uh, when, when possible. But I think uh, Reggie and again, understandably so is gone uh, kind of a bit unnoticed. And I think he was not as key as Spencer, but he was really, really important to tonight's win. Um, and, you know, just super excited by this. I really, really hope we beat the Lakers. And, um, you know, I think, uh, like, just to echo before concluding, because I know others want to speak, it's something different. It's fun. We have flexibility. We have expiring contracts next, next year. Who knows? Spencer, he keeps playing like this, could potentially be an asset down the road. And so uh, with the draft pick in this uh, this offseason, who knows what this team can look like 
uh, next season, but I'm just going to enjoy this season, the the different roster that we have, uh, and the fight that this team is showing. And let's see what we can do in the playoffs. You, have- you too, buddy. Thanks for coming up. All right, let's get to Chris, who has been waiting for a while. But uh, Chris is usually my first person up because he's somehow that quick yeah, with the rest of the time. And I'm <laughs> giddy. <laughs> I'm giddy for Dinwiddie, man. Oh, Jesus. that's and, awful. You are banned. Well, actually, I actually thought of saying that. And then Mark Falwell, like a minute later, said that on the broadcast. He's like, he said he's giddy for Okay, Dinwiddie, so. all right. If Mark says it, <laughs> okay, fair enough. And, uh, yeah, Bertans, O'Doyle rules, man. He just looks like that dude from Billy Madison. But, man, he'd be flicking up shots like he's at Dave and Buster's. Like, as soon as he gets the ball, I, I love it. I love it. I, no hesitation. Um, and, honestly, we could have won by more. Like, we won by six. I mean, there was a yeah. – he missed, like, three of them in the fourth quarter. I mean, he, so – but he's getting good looks. Just no hesitation. Just take those shots. Um, yeah, and Finney Smith, I mean, he got paid, and he's still hit, hitting his threes. I'm – I'm just liking where we're at. Reggie Bullock, same thing. Uh, I feel great right now. And really, the Mavs feel less clunky without KP. I feel mm. like we just have more movement, more fluidity. Now we got a different playmaker and Spencer Dinwiddie, and I'm just impressed by him. Honestly, I didn't know much about his game really before uh, we acquired him. So I'm, I'm liking what's going on. So I don't want to play the Jazz in the playoffs. I'm looking forward to. I've been thinking about this so much. Do not want to play the Jazz. Like. I think our worst case scenario, you know, get down to the sixth spot. Uh, I just feel like we just match up better against the Grizzlies. I mean, we've already beaten them three times. So, but now, now I see the Warriors are kind of they're a game and a half above the Grizzlies. So now, now we have to worry about that. So it's kind of one of those things where there's a few games left in the season. Who's going to mini tank? Is it Denver going to mini tank? Are we we're, we're going to mini tank? I mean, would you feel com- comfortable against the Jazz or? I don't feel comfortable against anybody. It's why we're the fifth seed. (laughs) Until these guys are, like, top four. Like, I kind of want to play Memphis just because Memphis is somehow a trash can in the half court, and the pace slows down. So that favors the Mavs, and the Mavs just, you know, uh, the Mavs are good in the half court. So that's sort of the the, the notion there. But I really don't feel good about any any of these teams. Yeah, uh, just the Jazz, they're just too annoying to play against. They just got too many three-point. Clarkson, I feel like, always torches us, and then Donovan Mitchell – I mean, he's had uh, some pretty good games. I mean, they're, they're on a pretty good streak lately. Uh, and, yeah, Denver is like, well, they're about to be on a, a five, six-game winning streak right now. So they're they're right on us. Now they're tied our, tied again. So uh, we just have to keep winning, keep winning. You know, we play Tuesday. We better not lose against the Lakers. They're losing by, like, 20 now against the Pelicans. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, you plan on going to the game on Saturday against the Kings. It's an early game, so I'm looking forward I to I might. I've been thinking about that. That 4 p.m. start time is yeah, really, yeah. really tempting. Well, I live I four hours away, and uh, I've got two kids. My daughter's five, so I'm like, to tell my, she's like, she's not going to do the game. I'm like, this is an early game. She'll be fine. So I'm taking the whole family this time. We're, we're all going, so I'm looking forward to it. So. Yeah, I'm, I've been taking my little knucklehead to local high school playoff games around here. I don't know if he could do an NBA game. Like he just, he goes from like paying total attention and then pays zero attention and like is trying to like throw himself off the bleachers. I'm not, I'm, you know, being in the three hundreds and me being terrified, he's going to throw himself down the stairs is like yeah. how I would spend that game. As long as we don't have a buzzer beater against us, like from Harrison Barnes or whoever that other player. <laughs> oh my God. That was annoying as hell. But at least the next day, I think we whooped their ass pretty bad. So yeah. 
That start that was when the team really started to click. Was actually yeah. the game after I, that. I'm, so. I'm just excited about right now. I really feel like this is our year. Just get past the first round and just whatever the momentum is at that moment in time. Hopefully we're all fully healthy. Just kind of just go from there and see what happens because you never know. When you got Luke on the team, we've seen how he is against the Clippers on those playoff teams. Like just imagine we get to the second round and he has even more confidence. And now we got an extra playmaker on the team, and we got an extra spot-up shooter that can actually hit threes. I really feel like since Tim Hardaway Jr. went down, that our team as a whole has just shot better from the three-point line. So uh, maybe his lack of three-point shooting was just contagious. I don't know, but uh, that was a distant memory. I'm just I'm excited about right now. So good. We'll talk soon then. Okay. Yes, sir. Thanks. Let's keep flying through some folks and then go to bed. Steven, what's happening? Welcome to the show. Hey man, um, so basically, uh, I'm looking at the Lakers' demise and I'm saying, I mean, this is just this is this this seems like this seems like uh, we should definitely win this, but of course, but of course, coming off a game like this, I have a feeling we're gonna stink the bed or something but um let, let, uh, right now right now I, I i don't want i don't want to focus on that i just want to i just want to say um dinwiddie you know say what you want first three quarters you know terrible um clank you know clanks off the off the rim and stuff you know breaking threes and whatnot but you know dinwiddie the mavericks they 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 said they they're gonna push into the lead they weren't done yet and and the warriors i don't i don't think they were really ready for the the type of pace we were running at i believe i don't i don't even know it was just crazy i've never seen a comeback like this me either i don't like I've been on the shit side of comebacks like that from teams against the Mavericks, yeah. and that like that's just sort of what happened to the Warriors, where they just stopped making shots, and then they left Curry on the bench for a real long time. Yeah, yeah, and on those missed shots, you know, Mavericks were really taking advantage of that. They were just they're pushing the ball down court. They were they were making extra passes. It was like, it, it, this is like making me extremely happy. Um. This was the probably the biggest mood swing I've ever had watching sports. <laughs> um, I mean, so many people just turned off the game. That's what's been funny about being on social media, where it's like, wait, they won? It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to my brother, and he said, "Oh, I, I missed it. I was moving my friend in." I was like, "Well, well, what I'd tell you is, um, I'd only watch the fourth quarter because that was that was a that was a rough game." But <laughs> the first three quarters, it was bad. But um, yeah, it feels good that when you know get a win there, and then uh, and then uh, yeah, I mean, there's really not much to say. It was crazy. Uh, hopefully Luca doesn't party too much. Well, it's kind of expect expected that you know. Oh, we just need to hope that he sweats it out by the middle of the second quarter. That's kind of my that's my standard yeah. right now. Yeah. If he looks like shit into the third quarter. Yeah. We're probably gonna need to rely on some on some on some good Brunson play. 
They're Next all going to be done. That, the whole team. You think Luca's letting anybody not go out hard? This is going to be <laughs> this is going to be a tough okay. test. I mean, I mean, the good thing is that we're playing the Lakers, you know. But it, any other team, like we'll play the Grizzlies after getting drunk out of their mind. They're gonna they're gonna get outpaced, like, and it's it'd be terrible, but. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, he, they're obviously going party. You know, well, you know, what a game to end out, uh, 22 years. Uh, he's growing up. He's growing up, man. Yeah, I was doing shit at 23. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> all right, Stephen, you have a good night. All right. All right. See ya. Nope. So just to, to comment, just because, you know, he, Stephen said he didn't want to talk about the Lakers. I'm going to talk about the Lakers real quick because they're currently getting the 84 to 57. There is a word for what everyone is feeling when you're watching the Lakers and you're taking just extreme pleasure. It's a German word called Schadenfreude. And it's happiness at the misfortune of others. And I have suffered a lot with the Lakers in my life. And I am perfectly okay taking pleasure in their pain. All right, coming up next, we have Logan. What's up, Logan? Hit the, there we go. How you doing? Hello. Hi. Am you I are. On? Welcome. Hey, Um. so I don't know if you read Zach Lowe's, like, 10 things that he does weekly. I try to. Wasn't there a Mavericks thing on Friday? Yeah, so – um. And then also you had either Justin or Jason Gallagher. I can't remember his first name, but um, you had him on and he was talking about kind of using Luca's gravity the same way the Warriors do with Steph and just the way that we're playing faster and popping the ball around. That's kind of what Zach Lowe was talking about was that, you know, the Mavs has been horrible, not horrible in transition, but just kind of disinterested. Like Luca likes to play slow paced and I don't think we're ever going to run teams out of the gym. There's just not that kind of like athleticism, but Zach Lowe was talking about, it's like, Oh, the ball's popping around. Like, you know, there's kind of multiple guards now. And I don't really have too much to add, except that I think both of those things that Gallagher and Zach Lowe were talking about are pretty key. And that also at the end of the jazz game, it it wasn't there. It turned back into Luca ball. And I feel like we're still kind of stuck between Carlisle analytics, Harala Bob, Luca ball, and, what seems to be wanting more of like a flowy flow state kind of offense. And you saw at the end that we actually closed the game well with that kind of offense, as opposed to just like it gets too dead with the Luca ball. And I just thought the fourth quarters were so emblematic of that, like transition. It seems like we're going through to like a different kind of style. So as if you have any commentary on that, I think everybody's kind of realizing it, but it's just sort of this weird transition that hasn't quite hit yet, but um, yeah, that's all I really had. No, to that's a, it's add. a good insight. And friend of the program, Ringer staff writer Jonathan Sharks has talked to me for better part of two and a half years about what a guy, and he says this on his shows where he says players in their mid twenties, before they kind of get that second contract, have to be they have to be a certain kind of player to change how they play. And Luca's a really good example of this because he's gotten this far by playing this way. And he his the best use for Luca with how teams are double teaming him right now is to get the ball out of his hands and use him as a screener. 
Luka Doncic is a screener causes teams to panic. Oh, it's terrifying. If he's on the short roll and he has that every time, it's it's, it's unstoppable. Literally, he's, he's he's fucking Jaws coming at the boat. Like he, it, it's unstoppable. Like Yana, it's the same thing, Yana. You know, but it's getting him to do it with regularity and then giving him reason. And you know, it comes in wins. It comes in situations like this. So. I, I like that that bit of insight. He is often the one who doesn't want to move the ball, <laughs> or right. not move yeah. the ball, who doesn't want to push the ball. Um, so it's it's getting him to to kind of buy into that. And I, I do think he's smart enough though to realize when there's a Dinwiddie and Brunson who can actually like get in the paint and create, as opposed to last year where it's like, okay, Tim Hardaway is going to try to do something, and that's basically the the game plan is like. Gunner Tim Hardaway, if not Luca, yep. and I just I assume that kid is sort of slowly trying to get him to realize like if you're going on and off ball in one possession, it just completely screws the other team up. And I think I'm hoping that what Dinwiddie's doing. I mean, I I don't know if I can count on it or what, but it just it seems like we are kind of like it seems like Luca's growing slowly, and it's just like the sooner he realizes all this stuff, that's sort of the last. Uh, thing for him to unlock i think i mean he's such a smart player and he played off ball in europe like this stuff is not new to him it's just the freedom of movement in the nba is significantly different than what they're able to do in in some of the european situations where he just gets fouled more going into the lane and so he's so dominant it's like okay why are you gonna take the ball out of my hands but in this circumstance particularly with saw tonight i mean the the warriors really played him unbelievably well uh in terms of the pass so it's like i just want him in the short role more often because I think it will be – it makes the game easier for him. I mean, it's like – like I, I, I always used to, like, refer to Carlisle as, like, like the, the coaching version of Dark Souls where it's like he would want the, to make the game exceptionally difficult for players sometimes just for, like, a challenge mode. And Lucas seems to like to do that too sometimes. And it's – you know, it, the season's too long. Go get easy buckets. Like, just – it was fun to watch tonight. Yeah. Yeah, no, it I just thought the fourth quarters especially were like so um like I said like emblematic of kind of the difference between the two. Like the di- what's possible basically just when you someone earlier just said playing with pace and like it's probably going to end up back in Lucas' hands. That's the thing. Like the end of the the end of most of these possessions are still going to be him. It's just like he sh- creates a lot of gravity and you know, that's what kind of op- can open everything else back up. But yeah. That's uh what well, thanks for coming on, Logan. Hope you come back. No problem. I will. Thank you. All right. Who we got next? I should go to bed, but, you know, whatever. Hey, Josh. Josh, hit that unmute button. Maybe he fell asleep. It is 11 o'clock. It's all right. We'll try him again here in a bit. Um, Ike, you've been waiting. How you doing? I'm good, Kirk. How you doing, man? We're okay. Speak up a little bit. Oh, can you hear me? There we go. That's better. Yeah, uh, just an amazing win. Um, right now, I'm in the process of frying up this crow that the Mavs are apparently forcing me to eat. Sure. Um, it's delicious. I don't know if you know. <laughs> it's delicious because I haven't said my trademark uh, phrase in a while as far as my insanity uh, statement that I was saying often. And it's it's such a huge relief. Um, the one thing, um, you know, this the Mavs have improved defensively, and sometimes it's kind of head-scratching to kind of figure out how and, and why, but they held 
the Warriors to 13 points in the fourth quarter. It's an insane number. It's an insane number. And I, I, I looked at it with disbelief, like 13 actual points. And it's just... It's just really refreshing now because it's not it's not really like the same predictable uh, Mavs, so to speak, right? It's like we have now different points of attack. It's not just coming from Luka. It's coming from Brunson. It's coming from now Dinwiddie and things of that sort. And occasionally you'll get, you know, some, some playmaking from other people, such as like Josh Green. Even Dory Finney-Smith will make a play or two, um, you know, kind of initiating the offense and things of that sort. So... I think that's one of the refreshing things is that, okay, now we're trending in the right direction, right? It's not just, you know, I can't say the insanity statement, like, you know, doing the same thing and expecting different results. Like we're actually doing different things. We're looking more of like a chameleon, so to speak, because we're giving or trying at least different looks. So, you know, uh, other teams can't just key on just one particular thing that we want to do. So that's all I want to say, man. This was a hell of a win. I'm still in disbelief throat is a little bit sore from all the screaming I did at the TV, but it's a great win, man. I just hope we carry it over against the Lakers because they are hot garbage juice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are they getting beat now? 28 points? Woo. Woo. No 30. Hate to see it. <laughs> oh, sure. you hate to see it. Have a good night. All right. Sonic the Mixer. What's going on? Hey, Kurt. So I just have a thought. And I think for Mavs fans, this is like the hottest of hot takes. Um, so it's something that I, I don't actually think yet, personally, I don't believe it. But it crossed my mind and I had to share it. When are we going to start saying that Kid was responsible for 2011 over Rick Carlisle? And the reason I say it is because of how it's been said. I've heard others mention that there's a thing that happened in 2011 when Rick stopped micromanaging stuff and let Kid just be the floor general. And things just started clicking on the floor. And so, I don't know. Just crossed my mind. Wanted to share. I love the spice. I love the spice. What I do recommend is everybody go buy the tickets. Bob Sturm wrote a book called This Year Will Be Different. And it is probably my favorite retelling of the season. And a pair of things happened at the end of that year. First, someone finally convinced Rick Carlisle to stop taking 15-foot jumpers in the short corners and start taking corner threes, which is part of what led to the Mother's Day massacre of the Lakers by uh, the assassin, um, Jason Terry. The second thing was the veterans, including Jason Kidd, went to Rick Carlisle and said, you have to stop playing Roddy Boudoir. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to stop playing him. Because he was having uh, uh, foot problems and also – um, was, you know, Roddy's had an unbelievable uh, professional career, but he just he was not mentally pre- prepped for the NBA stuff. And so Kid was a big part of that, which yeah. you know, led to, to Deshaun Stevenson starting. And I think that was one of the big kickers to them going things down the line. But I like the spice of the take. That coaching staff, I will say this, that coaching staff in 2011 had three head coaches on it, which is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if we're going to talk about comps, I think that's actually where the the comps would come in play because mm-hmm. kid has a hell of a coaching staff alongside with him that he is letting do work. Yes. And yes. I'm, that's really fun. I'm, I'm so loving what I've been seeing from the coaching staff. The the fact that they are where they are at right now defensively is, is almost just mind blowing. Like I wouldn't have thought this team could, could do what they're doing right now. Um, they just have never had this kind of identity, never been able to do stuff like this. So I just, you know, I can't help but, you know, start thinking that. And, well, 
I, I still want to give Rick tons of credit. I was always a fan of his forever, but, but, but to be honest with you, like kid and, and the, maybe the coaching staff as a whole is totally changing my mind about how to think about the team. So anyway, great game. Love the win. Love to see what's going to happen next. Wanted to share. Yep. Talk soon. Thanks for coming up. All right. Deshaun, what's happening? Pull yourself out of the chat and talk to us, my friend. He's arguing. He's probably where everyone in the chat is arguing about uh, Rick Carlisle now. This is great, great content. Big, big fan of it. Um, all right, we'll bring you back up. Figure out how to unmute yourself. Uh, Daniel, welcome. What's going on tonight? Hey, Kirk, how you doing, man? I'm great. Thanks. For- yeah, uh, thanks. This is actually, you know, time listener, first time caller. Going to go with that cliche. Um, I'm one of the few that actually shut the game off tonight, and I feel pretty dumb about it. It's okay. It's okay. We had a guy out here one time who uh, left game two of the finals and went back to his hotel. Um, no, that, so that's okay. I could talk about that. Um, I was at the American Airlines Center watch party with my dad. I was 16, and he was fed up and was like, let's go. And I was never that person. Always wanted to stay to the end. And I'm like scrolling through my phone on ESPN. I'm like, dad, they're coming back. He's like, don't tell me they're coming back. And then listen to the radio all the way home. And then, you know, we're, we're yelling and celebrating. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> so what do you got tonight? What do you but, think? Um, yeah, no. So normally I'm a bit of a masochist and I would have just watched the whole thing. But for whatever reason, the night I just was like, man, I feel dirty. I went and took a shower, took my Apple watch off. And then when I was done, put my watch back on. I got the ESPN alert, close game, Mavs up 97, 94. I was like, what the fuck happened? So I started scrolling through Twitter and I was like, I'm not going to turn this game on because it's close. And then saw, you know, they were up by six and finally turned it off for like the last 45 seconds. So I saw at least the very end of it. Good stuff. It was a fun, I mean, it, I, so I watch every game start to finish, watch the entire time, but I will not lie to people and say, after the Mavs were up 20, I was on my computer dicking around, uh, was not paying a ton of attention until the technical um, by Kaminga. And so this is just nice. It's nice to be surprised. I'll tell you. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, that's how I normally am, too. Like, I'll just have the game on in the background, like, you know, scrolling through Twitter, just sticking around. But, yeah, no, for whatever reason, just was like, yeah, it's Sunday night. I'll, I'll take a shower, get ready for the week or whatever. And then, yeah, <laughs> that happened. So that was a lot of fun. Um, You know, uh, I was actually probably one of the few at the time where I was, like, just happy about the Porzingis trade just because, you know, he's been hurt all the time. And I was just like, you know, how you've been saying, Dalton's been saying, you know, uh, we just want some fresh, some some fresh blood in here. You know, we're tired of the same guys doing the same thing all the time. Yeah. So it's just nice to it, uh, it provided clarity in what's going on with this team to where I don't, I'm no longer. There's no longer like a. There's a different. There's no longer this like existential dread. It's just kind of basketball. Yeah, and just from like that opening game against the Hawks, where you know it was like the same things that have been happening the last couple of years. The guys that were the role players just. Couldn't hit their shots, and uh, it was just frustrating. But, you know, now that we actually have a guy in, like, Bertans where he's just not afraid to shoot, and that's where I think, like, Maxi fails. You know, he you know he takes, like, a hesitant, like, a pump fake. And he goes, ah, now the defender's there, and he passes it off. You know, Bertans will just take that shot, and that's really nice to see now. I agree. It's nice. So, well, you got anything else for us tonight? No, not really. Just, you know, 
kind of wish I'd watch it. I'll probably go back and watch the fourth quarter now that everything's done and I watch my HBO shows for the night. So nothing else to do. So, yeah. Anything good tonight? Because I, I, I can't bring myself to watch the uh, the, the one, high school sex show. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I just can't. I can't do it. No, I, I don't know why I, I watch it. I think I just want to be a part of the culture. But uh, No, Euphoria, I, like, I, I get it. Like, well-made stuff. I just can't do it. Well, yeah, what, 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 any other ones? Oh, Gemstones. Gemstones. Ah, right? Gemstones go. finale was great. Okay. Good stuff. That's good to know. Good to know. Yeah, well, thank I, you very uh, much for joining. Yeah, thanks. I uh, can't <laughs> wait to join the next one. All right. We'll be back Tuesday night. Okay. Coming up next is let's try Josh again. Josh, what's up? See if we can get the uh, there we go. Can you hear me, Kurt? Yeah. How's it going, it's man? Good. I just made myself another drink, which is probably a mistake considering it's Sunday. But whatever. I'll be right there with you in a minute. But uh, no, I'm I'm I was just I heard a lot of good points tonight, and uh, I'm just really uh, this it's starting to come. I feel like it's starting to confirm what I talked about. What I was talking about with you a couple weeks ago. I, I just feel like every game, they, I, I see, I see something different about this team. That after three, I, I mean, you don't usually have such a long time to to sit here and look at the same team, and then get a chance, and then get a new coaching change, and it just kind of flips itself on its head. Well, it, it's nice in that not only is it new through four games now. Is it? It might be more than four. It might be six. I can. I don't know. It feels somehow – I was expecting the Mavericks to be worse, but they're not, and that's not – For sure. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm talking about from as I'm, – I'm looking at it more as the whole kid era from, from when we signed him because we weren't playing defense. Like, or, or we weren't – there's a definite emphasis on defense on this team, and that was not there before. We, we used to be the Alice Mavericks. We didn't have a D, just like they used to call – they used to call them – they used, used to call Dirk Ert. Like, no, we didn't, we didn't have D – we didn't have defense. There's an actual defensive presence on this team. And, but but before, before the trade deadline, there wasn't the, – the team didn't change. The mentality changed. Well, and that that could just be growth. That could be growth as them playing together. You know, they've been together for longer, and they understood what they were doing wasn't working, and maybe it was a change. But I feel like to to have that change happen uh, after a coaching change, I feel like you have to at least put some put some effort uh, put some uh, put some praise in, 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 in that cup. Oh, it's in, a thousand percent the coach. Sure. It's it's a thousand percent the coach. And it, I'm not saying it's just kid, because just like you said, just like you said, just like y'all were talking about earlier, uh, J- Jason, uh, uh, Rick Carlisle had three three head coaches on that on that coaching staff back in 2011. Like there, there's there's some good there's some great coaches on this on this coaching staff under a kid. I'm just saying that like he he brought them there, and that's where I, that's why I, I I give so much credit to him. I mean, if, if nothing else changes but the coaches and they manage, and, and that was the case up until they traded for, for these new guys, yeah. new guys, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's the scheme. It's the buy-in. It's the fact that these guys seem to, you know, be having fun. Like I know there's a, there's a, a little bit of like frustration in the chat below where it's like, oh, we're kicking Carlisle. Carl was really good for a really long time, but it also become very clear that he was not the right coach for this team. That doesn't yes. make him a bad coach. It just makes yes. him, they needed, they needed something new. The fit and, was off. Yeah, after, and after so long, right? And that's okay. That happens. Yeah, you know? it's not like, a problem. 
People go Everybody's time in the sun is short. Like uh, one day I'm going to get canceled for something stupid, and then, then you guys <laughs> want to find somebody new to listen to. It's going to happen. Hopefully, it's not that way. But <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Josh. This is a good really? point. You got anything else? No problem. Uh, the only other thing was uh, Spence, Spencer and, and Davis. Just like you said, like uh, just like they were talking about earlier, Porzingis still hasn't played, and Spencer tonight. I know he. I know. He he didn't have it was it, his numbers. I feel like look better than the the way everything played out on the court. But still, twenty four and what was it? Twenty four and five, twenty four five assists. Like Luca only had two tonight, and he was and he was struggling. That's exact. That was, you can't ask for better. You can't ask for more than that from 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 your backups, and that's exactly what he gave us. And Davis is Davis is going to do what we brought him here to do is shoot. So. I can't. I have nothing to complain about the two of them. After, I mean, I mean, I know it's still two games, but after two games, I'm extremely happy with what I've seen from them. And that's all I got to say. Ooh, hey, I muted myself. Didn't mean to. Uh, thanks so much for coming up. We'll talk soon. Um, coming up next, uh, let's give Sean another chance to hit the unmute button. Come on, friendo. There we go. Yes, I, I am really sorry. It's first time on Green Room, so uh, confused, yeah. What you got for us? So, uh, so I just wanted to talk about like this fourth quarter. Like a lot of us are surprised at what happened, and so am I. Not saying that wasn't surprising. I'm just saying that we need to give Jason Kidd the credit for this win. I know like Spencer was important. Luca is Luca. Like every game. DFS was just a defensive anchor all of that fourth quarter. He was the biggest player on the court. He was controlling tempo on defense. But I feel like Jason Kidd, like, I also think Lakers struggle this year. Like, while they're playing, they're struggling because they don't have a voice like that anymore. And he is evidently respected by the entire team to a point everyone's bought in. Like, like you said, Rick Carlisle's fan was up. The team started to probably not believe in him as much as the older teams did because, of course, he's that championship winning coach. And after 10 years of first-round exits and no playoffs, uh, I think you start losing that sort of a voice in the locker room, which Jason Kidd, fresh voice, he's just revamped our defense. Like, I've, I've always said that you do not need, like, elite defensive players to be a good defensive team. You just need a right scheme that highlights what everyone can do. We played three guard, four guards. Reggie Bullock used to be a guard and Dorian Finney-Smith in the, in the closeout quarter of a game we were down in when we are getting outscored in the paint all game. That's a ballsy move. And we just stifled them on the perimeter. The team, their offense just lost gas, lost momentum. They were tired. And it's all because of how the team has been set up by the Jason Kidd, former champion, Hopefully. Well, above all else, I, I, I appreciate his commitment to trying wild ass shit. Uh, I mean, there was nothing to lose at that point in the game. And they, they you know, the, that it worked is hilarious. Um, I, I need to see more Josh Green. I don't know how they're going to work him in. Like, I thought good stuff happened tonight with him in the game. Like I, I don't know if you want to like say he's like responsible for things, but it's just, I, I would I would like to see more Josh Green. Is that is that oh Josh started the run. 
he is the one who was like that catalyst that got us to start go on that run to win the game so i feel like he has utility in terms of like the amount of production he might give us in the regular season especially like through the months of march and april i do not know how much we see josh green in the playoffs i mean he is to be very honest still a little too green for that no pun intended but uh, yeah i think we'll we'll see him for the next two months i don't know how much we see him in the playoffs if we're fully healthy because we have to also work tim hardaway back into the lineup yeah and i don't know it's just like there's some of these guys in the roster where i would like to see and it's like Bertans, I think, should have like a four-shot diet limit. Like if he doesn't hit one of his first four, he should not play anymore. Um, <laughs> Tim Hardaway, maybe the same thing. Like I would love to see the occasional Boban minute if the if the matchup provides for it, just to just to be weird. Like and kid's been so good with the weird stuff. Um, it's stuff that that I think a lot of people who who like us who are consuming basketball like this would have hoped he would have tried. But the unorthodox stuff is just. You don't see teams trying unorthodox stuff in a playoff hunt while they're a half game up on the, on the team, you know, that they're playing against. It's just, it's, it's nice to see. I'm, I'm glad. It's- Same, as long as we don't, again, try to make a switch where we go into a zone in the fourth <laughs> quarter against the field. For sure. I'm sorry, that just haunts me. That just haunts me. I understand. Well, thanks so much. You got anything else for us? No, uh, I love this way more than Twitter Spaces. I think I'll be coming in here as often as I can. For me, it's like early I really like I like Twitter Spaces. It's just the the lack of chat because you you don't you never know what people are thinking or what you're talking about unless it's like twenty of you and you already know the people anyways. So I wouldn't be shocked if they get a chat at some point. But it's like both of these sets of technology are so fucking cool. Because it's like, oh, I'm able to, you know, I was like talking to you guys earlier today on a space while I was driving down the road. So it's like my, you know, it, it, I, I love this stuff. So thanks for joining. Hope I do hope you come back. Yes. Thank you, Kirk. Love them. Right. Love them. Talk soon. Let's go with uh, Grayson. What do you got, Grayson? You've been hanging out. Hey, Kirk. How you been? Fun night. Uh, it is a fun night. I'm tired. almost talking for an hour and a half. Yeah, I, I, in the first half, I was sitting there, and, uh, you know, it's a national TV game, so I have a few friends over. My roommates are also sitting in the living room watching the game, and they're just getting destroyed, and I'm just thinking, here we go, another first-round exit. Like, I'm just so tired of this team, and then lo and behold, they hold the Warriors to 14 points in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, I just – first of all, I love, I love, I love this sport. Um, I don't, I don't think that gets mentioned enough. This is a beautiful game. And, uh, like, we're so lucky to have one of the best players in the world. Like, Luca's on the cover of 2K. Like, I know we love him and we see him every day, but I hope we don't take it for granted. And, you know, I thought he had another good night tonight. But anyway, and now I'll, I'll actually talk about the game. Um, I do have one question for you, but I'll save that for last. Um, I think for, for Davis and Spencer, this has got to be like Christmas morning. I mean, like these guys have got to be so thrilled to go from a Washington team that was struggling to make the plan to a team that's fifth in the West. Um, and they played great tonight. Obviously, everyone loves what we've seen from them so far. Just having another ball handler with the with Luca and Brunson. I didn't think that the the Luca Brunson Dinwiddie lineups could really work, but I, I I've, I've liked what I've seen from that lineup. Um, 
And then the last thing I have here before my question is just at this point, I feel pretty, I would have liked to avoid the Warriors in the playoffs, um, but I feel pretty comfortable against pretty much any team in the West that doesn't. Y'all fucking wild. I love, I love this. Just as long as we don't play the Suns, like, that's good. Like, just avoid Phoenix at all costs. Like, I think the Warriors would probably beat us in a seven-game series. But, like, you know, I think the Grizzlies are a good matchup. And, uh, you know, the Clippers don't have Kawhi for right now. So. so, when I was a young man, when I was a young man, meaning like a child, back in the 80s, kids used to be able to sit in the front seat of cars. And my mother, she's five foot eleven, skinny, bitchy, lover to pieces, terrifying woman. Whenever I'd get in trouble... I would get smacked in the mouth in the front seat of the car and I wouldn't see it coming. The, the Suns are the verbal slap in the mouth. Like they are, I, the Suns horrify me. I would be okay with playing just about anybody else, but like, what, do you know, how terrified were you of Steph Curry tonight? Because I was, that was uncomfortable. There was that one sequence where Bullock blocked his shot. He got the ball back and then shot it up between two Mavericks defenders and it went in anyways. No, thank you. Give me Memphis or give me death because everyone else. I mean, anyone who watched the all-star game just kind of sat there and realized that we're watching someone not of this earth. Uh, and then did, I'm sure you saw that video of the of him just making every shot in warmups, and I just just quote tweeted it and just said we're fucked. Oh yeah, uh, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so unfair. The level of skill that he has, and then it's like, okay, we do need to, you know, it's been an hour. We we haven't talked about the fact that Clay Thompson didn't play and Draymond oh. Green didn't play, and we're like, yay, we won. No, they're like. They that second time we played them because we've somehow beat them twice this year. That second time we played them, they beat us like we stole something. It was not okay. Yeah, well, one of my friends who I watched it with was like, "That was great. I'm gonna come over and watch it again on Thursday." And I was like, uh, "I think we might get completely destroyed, but you're welcome to to show up." Um, I think the Warriors are gonna be unhappy to see us on Thursday. But um, okay, here's my question for you, Kirk. You keep saying, and. Uh, a lot of your platforms that you think KP is a ceiling raiser and that you think that perhaps the Mavericks got worse with this, with this trade and their ceiling got lower. Do you still agree with that take after, you know, a a little bit of a sample size? Um, Because I think there's an argument to be made to put a better team without Porzingis. Man, Porzingis and Luca, when they played so well together in 1920, just eradicated teams. Like they won 65% of their games. I can't move on from that. It, I don't know. I think the argument is like, okay, that Porzingis just doesn't exist anymore. I think it's, and I think it's fair. Um, I think that going to Luca Ball in the playoffs when they slow things down and he has like a 42% usage rating, we're all, it's going to be, if the Mavericks lose in the first round, and like let's just be clear here, because they're on the bottom half of the teams, they're going to they're going to not be the favorites. The literal likelihood is that they lose in the first round. Okay, and then we're gonna have to hear the same fucking conversation again. Blah, 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 blah. Can Luca do it? No, I just I'm not I'm not looking forward to that because I think you know when with when Porzingis played well, they played great and. I understand your point, though, because this is a hell of a lot more fun and you can't really put vibes on paper. And if they go in playing the right way, you never know. Yeah, I, I, it's it's tough to say. I think 
I think Luca just seems to be playing a little bit looser. And that has been both a good and a bad thing. Like, you know, obviously he scored like 50 a few nights ago. Or not a few nights ago. That was like two weeks ago. But you know what I mean. Like, after the Porzingis trade, he's played really well. And then, like, tonight he came out playing real loose and he turns the ball over like 20 times in the first three minutes. And it's just like <laughs> it, it, I just thought we were going to lose by like 80. But it's fine. Uh, I um, spent I spent two hours in a, in a local uh, – a gym for an I nine five year old and six year old basketball league, and that first quarter will look like that. It was, <laughs> it was not. Where they all like group up in the paint and just raise I their mean, well, hands. Well, it becomes like uh, rugby, and my son is a freaking lunatic and just like elbows and throws himself in there, and I'm like, dude, you can't, you can't do that. I don't know. It's like. It, I'm the oldest of four, so I've witnessed a lot of children's sporting events in my day, and I have learned to find ways to appreciate it. Um, you can find entertainment <laughs> if you work on it. Well, thank you for coming up, Grayson. You got anything else? No, that's it. I appreciate it, Kurt. All right, be good. Uh, Alex, you're going to take us out. You're our last guest. I wanted to get through everybody because this was an awesome win. Alex, are we there? He's there with, that's okay. Well, you know what, guys? I had a lot of fun. I hope you had a lot of fun. Uh, we should lean in and enjoy these wins. Um, I don't really have anything else to, to add beyond that. It's been an hour and a half. I'm going to go play uh, video games for a half hour and um, and go to bed. So do me a favor. I know uh, all you in here you know, probably are subscribed to the Mavis Moneyball podcast feed. If you could do me the solid of trying to download both these episodes, both today's and the one that Josh and I just posted and this one, whenever they come out, I'd really appreciate it. We are hilariously close to a milestone, which I didn't think we would hit until playoffs. And I would love to cross that milestone. And then I will tell you guys about it the next time we are on the show. Everybody enjoy the start of your week. Everyone have a great night.